Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Monday, August the 15th. And we come to you after a, a disappointing weekend of Phillies baseballs. The Phillies started out with a bang, a thriller of a win on Friday night over the Mets. 1-1 and extras, a, a really exciting baseball game. And then, unfortunately, after a very closely fought loss on Saturday, um, they get handled yesterday, don't play a great baseball game. The Mets are a good baseball team. Mets take 2-3. Phillies now 12 games over 500. They are a half game behind the Padres for the second wild card spot and a game and a half up on the Brewers, really two and a half up when you think about the the uh, tiebreaker that they have over the Brewers. So still firmly in a playoff spot. A disappointing weekend. But again, you know, we've you know, it's wild to say what a disappointing weekend. They're still 12 games above 500. You know, I'm used to um to, you know, uh, them losing a series and saying, oh, at least we're three games above 500. We have a little cushion, you know, or we're back to 500. They're 12 games above 500, but still a disappointing weekend, especially after starting out the way it did. Um, but again, no reason to panic. You know, they lost the series. No Schwarber, I think, really factored into the series. Schwarber injures the calf uh, before the series starts. Had to miss the entire series. Did pinch hit. Looks like he has a chance to be back tonight versus Cincinnati. We'll see how that plays out. But look, losing Schwarber mattered. <laughs> the Phillies scored two runs all weekend. They win 2-1 and then they don't score another run. You know, not having Schwarber in the lineup absolutely mattered. It absolutely mattered. And and obviously from an on-the-field perspective, and you know more than anything as much as, as I believe off the field as well, as you know, I think Kyle Schwarber should be in the at least mentioned in the National League MVP discussion. I think he's been so important on and off the field for this team. So I think losing him heading into that pivotal series certainly played a role. And look, ultimately, the Phillies lost to a good team. It's going to happen. You know, they lost to a good baseball team. Luckily, they have a lot of games against bad baseball teams left. They get another shot at that good baseball team this upcoming weekend in Philly as the Mets come to town for a four-game series doubleheader on Saturday. So you get a chance to go right back at them this upcoming weekend sandwiched in between seven games with Cincinnati, so you got to handle business against teams you're better than them. We know that, so that should be a big series. We'll look ahead to it coming up and, of course, look back at the weekend. But ultimately, uh, my takeaway from the weekend is I'm okay. You know, it's okay. It's okay. They won one twelve of 13 heading into it. You know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to lose some games, not the end of the world. Would have liked them to, to pull those out, obviously, and Friday and Saturday really really did feel like, you know, playoff-ish type game atmospheres up in New York for those games. Obviously, thrilling games, both of them low-scoring but fun. Sunday, less fun as the Phillies just, you know, were handled yesterday, outplayed, outpitched. Uh, you know, who'd have thunk it? Aaron Nola 
is the one of him and Wheeler who who comes in and deals this weekend. Still couldn't get the win, but Nola was brilliant. Wheeler less so. Wheeler gets unlucky. Some blue pits, some soft hits. Um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The Phillies lose 2-3 to the Mets again. Still firmly in a uh, wild card spot right now. So, you know, nothing to panic about. We still have a lot of baseball left to play as, um, you know, and the Phillies schedule does play out in a way that should help the uh, the Phillies. We'll look at all the incantations of it, but it is pretty crazy how well all these teams have played so far, uh, really, since they've been competing with each other at the All-Star break. Uh, since the All-Star break, we'll look at that. The, the National League competition since the All-Star break has been fierce and furious. And it's why, um, you know, even though I, I think the Phillies will make the playoffs, I think they're a playoff team. Look, we still have Harper coming back. Some news on Harper coming up as well. Um, but, you know, it is going to be a really hotly contested, tough race to make the playoffs. And I do think that the way this is shaking out with the teams in these records, you know, they're all they're all 10 games above 500 or better, it looks like, you know. So um, I do think that you know, we could see a, a situation where a team wins, you know, 88, 87, 89 games and doesn't make the playoffs. So it's going to be highly contested. We'll look at that after we look back at the weekend where the Phillies stand moving forward. Let's take a look back at the weekend Again, not the most thrilling weekend of, uh, of wins-wise, but a really fun Friday and Saturday of baseball. Yesterday, less so, but if it had just been that two-game series, you know, I think we all come out of it feeling great, you know, feeling like, hey, they split with the Mets, and they played two really great baseball games that could have gone either way, you know, good stuff. Obviously, Sunday puts more of a damper on it, but how about that game on Friday? Really, uh, you know, it's um, it's funny. I was saying this to, to my buddy Jack Fritz on the IOPS pod, but you know, I feel like the last few years and really carrying over into early this year, we would comment on the, you know, inordinate amount of losses that were painful and devastating and destructive to us as Phillies fans. Oh, worst loss ever, worst loss ever, worst loss ever. It felt like we had 800 worst loss ever over the last five years. And this season, for the first time in a long time, it feels like that paradigm has shifted. And we have way more best wins of the season than, than worst losses. I mean, between the, the Friday night game, which we're about to get to, you know, obviously the win against the Marlins last week, the, you know, eighth inning rally, the, um, you know, JT single to score the run, the Garrett Stubbs homer again, the walk-off against the Marlins, the two big Bryson Stott home runs, the one walk-off, the one ninth inning, the Josh Hader uh, home runs by Bohm and Veerling. You know, we've had so many of these moments this season, so many of these pulling victory from the jaws of defeat type of games that have completely and totally been the antithesis of the type of Phillies team we've seen the last few years. You know, it is it is notable to me. It is notable to me that we are so used to seeing the Phillies blow these games, destroy our hearts, all that stuff, and that this year it does feel different. It feels like more often than not, we're, we're celebrating thrilling, unexpected Phillies wins than devastating, blew-the-game Phillies losses. And I do think that is notable and something that we should obviously be happy about. Friday night, another one of those best wins of the season. Going up against Max Scherzer and really a battle, you know, really a battle back and forth. Uh, both teams score early, and that was it. Phillies score in the first. Bryson Stott rips a double. Get on base, start the game. Alec Bohm would single him in uh, soon after, and then the Phillies would not score again until the 10th. 
Mets score in the second, and they don't score again at all. Really just a uh, a well-played, well-fought baseball game. As Ranger Suarez, shout-out to Ranger. What a brilliant outing from Ranger. Ranger goes seven in, gives up one run, three hits, two walks, only five base runners in seven innings, and four strikeouts. Was absolutely brilliant. The bullpen was brilliant, too. Alvarado, Dominguez, Robertson. Robertson getting the save. They were all great. It was one of those nights where the pitching just... Got it done, and so did the offense enough. You know, barely. The only night all weekend they scored runs, but um, Bryson Stott got it done. Bryson Stott, three for four with two runs scored. He became the first player in Max Scherzer's career to reach base four times against Scherzer in the same game. I mean, that is astounding. I mean, Bryson Stott, Bryson Stott in the leadoff hole with Schwarber out, obviously looking great, um, and he has been one of the best hitters on the team since June. I mean, he's one of the... I think I saw like since June 1st or, or since the All-Star break, he's fourth in baseball and strikeout percentage. I mean, he's been great as a rookie, a left-handed hitting rookie. It's pretty astounding. And he was as big a reason as anyone along with Ranger that they won that game on Friday night comes through in a big way. Um, obviously scoring both runs of the game as uh, Alec Bohm singles in a run. And the first and Alec Bohm sack flies in Bryson Stott in the 10th. That was it. Bowman Stott. And Ranger in the bullpen, get it done. And again, it was a thrilling one. It really was that they scored that run in the 10th. Uh, Robertson comes in and shuts it down. A game where, um, you know, really hotly contested, well-fought, well-played baseball game. You know, it was just a really solid game of baseball for the Phils on Friday night. And again, a really nice win. And I think maybe that's part of why people are so bummed coming out of the next two because it did feel on Friday night after winning that game like, oh my goodness, we're going to win the series. You know, we just got to take one and two. We're set. Look at this. And then obviously to to fall the next two is, is, is a bummer. And I think that does suck some of the excitement of where the team is at right now from this. But again, remember, you know, they'd come off winning the series against the Marlins, sweeping the Nationals, winning the series against the Braves. They've been playing really good baseball, so I'm not going to... Again, panic when you know they they lost two or three, but one of them was really close, and you know they won the the exciting one on Friday. But it was a bummer as we get into Saturday, and this one the the you know sometimes you run into a buzzsaw. And Jacob Degrom was a buzzsaw. Degrom goes six innings, gives up two hits, no walks, ten strikeouts. It was brilliant, like brilliant, brilliant. And then so is the Mets bullpen. The Phillies only mustered three hits on the day. Um, obviously that's not going to be good enough to get it done. Bryson Stott, Reese Hoskins, Nick Castellanos. That was it. A hit for each of them. That was it. Nothing happening. Just nothing offensively. It's a shame, too. Aaron Nola gets the rare eight-inning complete game loss. Nola goes eight-inning, gives up one run, four hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. He was masterful. Really one of the best Aaron Nola performances we've seen in a while when you take into account the magnitude of the game, of the matchup, of the spot on the road. Aaron Nola, we all know the August, September struggles, particularly September, the way Nola has not been able to finish a season out strong and how that has really become a, a hallmark of, of what we think about is Aaron Nola. I know that, you know, as great as he's been this year, and he has been great, Aaron Nola has been really, really fantastic this season. He's got a 307 ERA on the season. He's been absolutely brilliant. You know, really, truly brilliant. But there's not a single Phillies fan who can say uh, assuredly with any real semblance of confidence, unless they're lying to themselves, that they feel great about Nolan September. I'm hopeful. 
I, I trust the pitcher I've seen because he's been so damn good. But I need to see him pitch in September well before I feel good about it. That's just part of the Aaron Nola thing right now. So, you know, seeing him, and it's not September yet, but seeing him come into a game that's such a big spot on a big stage in New York in a game that, that really does matter between two teams that are, you know, well over double-digit games over 500, like a real baseball game between good teams in a meaningful spot. And to see Nola go out and deal like that, you know, battle DeGrom, you know, match DeGrom, you know, do all that, I think it was a really heartening thing for the Phillies. I know they lost the game, but I come out of that game saying, wow, I'm pretty excited about what I saw from Aaron Nola. That is my number one takeaway from Saturday. It's a bummer of a loss, but you know what? You're going to get beat by Jacob DeGrom in a good bullpen sometime. It's going to happen. It's why I think the Mets have a real chance to win the World Series, much as I... It kills my soul to say that, but when you get to the playoffs, you got Scherzer, DeGrom, and the best closer in baseball, uh, not to mention the rest of the stuff you got, but just that alone, you got a chance to win. You really do. So I'm nervous about the Mets. Mets are really good. That's my other takeaway from the weekend, as much as I hate to say it. Um, Mets are a really good baseball team. You know, they're still the Mets, Lowell Mets, all that stuff. And, you know, again, similar to what we're talking about with Aaron Nolan in September until the Mets actually go do it. You know, we're still going to have memories of the Mets and the, the collapses and the falls and the, the mistakes more than, than the, you know, good baseball. But this Mets seems good. And we saw it this weekend. They're a very, very good baseball team. They're well put together. They play well together. They played well together all season. And one of the best records in baseball for a reason. And they've handled the Phillies when they played them. I mean, you know, we got to be real and call like we see it, right? The Mets have been a better team, both record-wise and clearly in the head-to-head matchups. And that's a shame. That's frustrating. We know that the Phillies are still uh, wanting from where we want them to be or where we need them to be ultimately. But, you know, again, as we always talk about, and look, um, we're excited about the Phillies. I mean, on the Phillies, I wouldn't say I expect them to win the World Series this year or anything like that. But ultimately, you know, in, in the end, we all know what matters most is the team that's hot on October 1st. So, you know, there's nothing to to panic about in that perspective. But the Mets are a really good baseball team. And I think we saw it this weekend, and we definitely saw it Sunday in the rubber match. They come out and just handle the Phillies. Um, Phillies just scatter nine heads throughout the game, but no runs. A bunch of uh, base runners left on base. The Phillies unable to capitalize. First and second, no outs, this and that. Like, just unable to get anything going. Um, you know, Mets were great. Chris Bassett, really nice outing. Again, that's another guy who, you know, I'd be happy to have started a playoff game for me goes five shutout for them, and then the bullpen shuts down after that. As the Mets bullpen's good too, the Mets are good, good baseball team, and they get some uh, scatter six runs throughout the game. Wheeler just didn't have it. You know, it's funny you go into the weekend, you say, "All right, let's hope Nola pitches well," and uh, and Zach will have us. And and it was the other way around; they didn't win either game. But Wheeler, um, certainly the worst of the three, as as Ranger was brilliant, Nola was brilliant, Wheeler was not. Now Wheeler did get. Very unlucky yesterday with some blue pits, some soft contacts, some balls kind of finding spaces in the defense, finding holes to to fall into. But regardless, just not a classic Zach Wheeler outing. Wheeler goes nine innings, gives up six earned runs, nine hits allowed, one walk, five strikeouts, one home run. Just, you know, didn't have it. Just didn't have it. Um, you know, you could see it early on. You know, kind of got hit early, gives up one run the first, then settles in a bit, then has a rough fourth inning, gives up four. Um, you know, didn't get help, obviously, from the D and, and you know, from the the luck of the ball, but ultimately not a, not a great one from Wheeler. And, again, the offense just doesn't do anything. Corey Knable hurts his uh, lat as well. We could be missing Knable for a little while, just another injury to add to the pile. 
as uh, he does get hurt in uh, in his outing yesterday. Um, we'll see. It's a lot of I would expect him to miss a little time with that for sure. So, um, you know, nothing to freak out about. Um, you know, the bullpen's been really solid, and Knable's not been necessarily the most important part of that, but still you don't want to lose any of those guys. Hopefully Knable can get back soon. And again, ultimately a disappointing weekend in New York. Obviously there's no other way to put it, but also, um, you know, I don't think a sky is falling type of weekend in New York. Just a disappointing weekend in New York. This series against the Reds right now so crucially important to bounce back and handle business in Cincinnati against a bad, bad, bad baseball team as uh, they should be able to handle the Reds. So again, we'll look ahead to that series. Uh, it's three-gamer, and then again, the Mets in town Friday through Sunday, a five, or excuse me, four over three days. They have an off day on Thursday, then four over three days this weekend. So we'll get to that too. Some quick things before we look at the standings. Uh, the calf injury to Schwerber um, looks like we got lucky with that. They day to day avoid Elston did pinch it over the weekend. Um, they think there's a real chance he starts tonight in Cincinnati. If not, is back in this series. So that is fantastic news. Obviously, with all the injuries this team has had to deal with, the the you know kind of adversity they've faced. If they had lost Schwerber, that might have been too much. You know, I don't, I, I I'm. I've learned um, this season, and it's a, a foreign feeling as a Phillies fan, but I've learned this season with this specific team with between the the macro adversity, the season adversity, the, the losing of Bryce Harper, Segura before that, the you know issues that they face, the Joe Girardi having to you know, climb out of that hole, all that stuff. And then specifically, like we were talking about before in games, where you feel like this team's never out of it, they've shown in so many games this season to, to not count them out, that they will fight back and have these exciting hard fought wins so you know with between those things the adversity this team has dealt with in games and over the course of the season you know they would be foolish to count them out if they lost another guy or whatever but also you know like i've talked about schwerber in my opinion the mvp of the team that would be a big loss so it's really good to hear schwerber should be back at some point in the cincinnati series potentially even tonight also good news on the bryce harper front going to be taking some bp on the field today how about it as uh harper working his way back we could have harper back in a week or two probably two but you know just the idea of getting harper back and obviously it might take him some time to get his timing back to get the power back and all that but man you know even just from an emotional lift perspective the idea of harper coming back and this team having you know, not just tread water but you know, made inroads while he was out. I mean, that's that's uplifting. That's the kind of thing that can really add to a team's mojo. And there's a team that, you know, outside of a, this weekend in New York has had really good vibes, really good mojo around it. So, you know, the potential of Harper to get back is really, really thrilling and really exciting. And I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out again. As it's uh, it's an exciting thought. Um. And uh, one other big news from the weekend, then we'll look at the perfect lead-in, I guess, to the um, the standings and where everyone stands. But um, there was some big news that affects the race this weekend. Fernando Tatis Jr., who'd already missed the whole season so far for, with an injury, uh, who was gunning to be back soon, you know, in the next couple weeks here to help the Padres with their stretch run, will not. 80-game suspension for PEDs. It's a shame for the sport. I love Fernando Tatis Jr. This This game needs guys who are fun and exciting and and will bring young viewers to the game and all that type of stuff and i think tatis is absolutely one of those people one of the most uh electric young players in the game but helps the fellas competing directly with the padres that was my first thought when i saw the news i was like yeah i'm bummed but good good for the phillies and i'll take it um and look the padres and the phillies are tied record wise right now 
as we look at the standings. And again, the, the National League hotly contested, as I mentioned before. We'll get into that in a sec. But the Phillies uh, are actually a half game on the Padres. The Padres 65 and 52. The Phillies 63 and 51. So they've obviously played three less games than the Padres. The opportunity to gain some ground there. The uh, Brewers are 61 and 52. Uh, as they are a game and a half back of the Phillies, obviously uh, the Phillies hold the tiebreaker for them. The uh, Cardinals, the exact same record as the Phillies at 63 and 51, but they're in front in the center. We do know the Phillies have the tiebreaker against the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Padres, all three of those teams. That is just epically massive. It is so huge. Um, we can't even can't even talk about just how big that is for this team. Giants had a good weekend of baseball. They're back to 500. They're only... Six back of those teams, six and a half back. Um, so something to just keep an eye on. They're, they're, you know, we, they're a good baseball team that could go on a run, so just to keep an eye on it and not totally count them out. But ultimately, it's still looking like the Phillies are one of those three teams, excuse me, four teams for three spots, with one of them also winning the uh, AL, or NL Central. Um, so it should be interesting. A really interesting tweet put out by Bob Nightingale is it really has felt like it's been such a hotly contested you know, race so far between these teams. And it does feel like it's going to be hotly contested till the end. And, and like I said early on, like there's a chance that a 87, 88, 89 win team doesn't make the playoffs. Um, Bob Nightingale put out last night the uh, the records of the National League contenders since the All-Star break. Every single one of them has a winning record. The Dodgers are an insane 19-4 and four since the All-Star break. That would be a 134-win pace for the season. The Mets 17 and 5 since the All-Star break. The Braves and Phillies both 14 and 8 since the All-Star break. The Cardinals are 13 and 7, the Padres are 13 and 10, and the Brewers are 11 and 8. These are the teams, the playoff teams in the National League. Again, the four teams that are competing with each other for those spots as we've talked about. The Phillies are 14 and 8, the Cardinals are 13 and 7, the Padres are 13 and 10, and the, the Brewers are 11 and 8. That's pretty nuts, man. All these teams keep winning games. They all are at least three games over 500 since the All-Star break, and that's why it's setting up for this potential for a real wild finish here where all these teams are in it. All these teams have a chance, and look, ultimately, one of these teams that deserves to make the playoffs in a normal year is probably going to be on the outside looking in, which is wild with the first year of the three wild cards, too. It's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, it looks like one of these teams is, and again, one could fade, whether it's the Phillies, the Brewers, whoever, like someone could fade. But assuming they don't, and assuming they keep playing good baseball and they're not that many games against each other left, the Cardinals and the Brewers have some games against each other left, the Padres play the Dodgers, the Phillies and Braves, and there are a few teams, but in terms of those four teams, not a ton of games against each other left. So, you know, there's a real chance that if these teams continue to play at the, the paces they've been setting that... You know, we're going to come down to the end, and it's going to be a, a real wild finish again where a team with a great record, a team that deserves to be in the playoffs, a team that you know most years would be a playoff team, probably won't be. So um, that's what the stakes are, and that's why as much as you know, I, I believe the Phillies are going to make the playoffs, I think they're a playoff team, a playoff caliber team, and I do believe they're going to get there. You know, That is why I'm, I'm, I'm still like just the tiniest bit nervous because – you know, it could even be something where it's not their fault and they played really good baseball and just not good enough when there were other teams that played really good baseball. So it is really going to be a um, a wild finish. And, you know, we'll continue to look at the, 
You know, we looked at the Brewers and the Cardinals and the Padres' schedules last week as opposed to the Phillies, all pretty similar. The Phillies on the easier end, but not noticeably easier. I think the Cardinals might have the easiest, so um, we'll continue to track that as we go, but ultimately it's going to be fascinating. It could come down to the wire. It probably will come down to the wire with all these teams. All right, um, Phillies-Reds uh, this week. This is huge. Heading to Cincinnati for three, then they have four against the Mets at home this weekend. Then four more in Cincinnati next week, followed by three, or excuse me, four more at home against Cincinnati next week, followed by three at home against Pittsburgh. So next week is seven games against the Reds and the Pirates. So yes, please. Uh, and it starts tonight with three against the Reds. So really, when you look at it, it's uh, 10 of the next 14 are against the Reds and Pirates with four against the Mets sandwiched. So it's a big spot for the Phils uh, tonight in Cincinnati. Cindergard against Mike Miner tomorrow. Kyle Gibson then on uh, a Wednesday Ranger Suarez, which means you get Nolan Wheeler in the Mets series, which is what you want to see. And uh, this should be good. This should be good. I'm excited. Phillies Reds tonight really need to take advantage of Syndergaard coming off a much better second start than a first start going up against a Reds team that's not a great offensive squad. So, um, you know, hopefully Syndergaard can deal tonight. You really want to see him win tonight, get back on the horse after the disappointing series. It's a big one tonight. Hopefully Schwarber's back. Either way, whatever happens, they need a victory tonight. Get back on the right foot, win this series in Cincy, and then come home and and deal the Mets back a little revenge. So whatever happens tonight, either way, we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.